time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And we are past the halfway mark of February. Uh, The days are getting longer at the rate of about three minutes a day. It's just a wonderful time. Sun, if you can find a sunny spot today... And if you're wearing a nice dark outfit, you're going to feel the heat from that sun shining on you. Uh, You might want to start looking. I know before this most recent six inches of snow that we got uh, here in the Grand Rapids area yesterday and last night, uh, you could go out and look at the trees. You could look at the brush. I was walking through the woods and looking at the brush, and you could see where the the heat from the sun can shine on a half-inch thick hazel stem and melt the snow back more than an inch from the base of that stem so there are all these little holes in the snow where all of the all of the brush is sticking up through and of course around the trees there's a there's a fairly large gap i remember one year uh similar to this one where we had a crust now that below this six inches of new snow is some pretty crusty snow and that uh i watched a, a vole one year run across the crust and not being able to penetrate it, not being able to pound his way through it, he was scampering around on top of the crust, sort of frantically looking for a way to get under the snow where he would feel safe from all of the things that would eat him. Uh, he finally ran up to a piece of brush and ducked into that little snow melt hole that got him down where he felt more comfortable in his subnivian world. Uh, so check it out. Uh, as I said earlier, the crust was pretty solid in open areas. So like in the, in the hardwood forest around my house, in the aspen, maple, birch um, forest, that crust under there was hard. I could walk anywhere. I was free to just walk wherever I wanted to go. But when I got back into the pines... The snow, I don't know if it was uh, protected from the bright sun or what, but uh, the rain must have fallen on it. But at any rate, the snow under the pines was not, uh, it would not support me. I have a size 12 foot and I weigh uh, 14 stone and uh, and I was punching holes in that stuff, not every step, but enough, often enough that it wasn't as much fun as it was walking in the in the Mesic hardwoods, because there I was uh, able to walk without uh, without fear of breaking through. So it was it was pretty uh, pretty nice. And and if you if you had snowshoes on or if you were wearing cross country skis, that crust would have held you anywhere under the pines in the in the open wherever you wanted to go that crust was plenty hard and you would have been just fine uh having uh, having yourself move around on it around my house this last week besides the crusty snow uh i was looking at uh, lots of different birds in fact last when was it last thursday or wednesday it was the day after valentine's day I was uh, just kind of sitting in my chair looking at the bird feeder and not paying a lot of attention to the 
things that I should have been doing, but paying close attention to the birds on the bird feeder. And I watched as a pair of downy woodpeckers came in and fed and the pileated, uh, the male came in. I did not see the female during the time that I spent there, but uh, male pileated, the two downies, um, red-breasted and white-breasted nuthatches, chickadees by the gazillions. I don't know, you know, people count, actually count chickadees. I don't know how you can do it. I, I'll have six or seven right there that I can see, but they're switching places and they're flying out and others are flying in. And I just, you know, all I can do is look at the look at the feeder and say, lots of chickadees. <laughs> and there are lots of chickadees. I was down in the cities this weekend and, uh, and heard the Cardinals singing down there, which was a joy. We heard from uh, Craig Bauer in last week talking about uh, getting up in the morning and hearing the Cardinals singing. It was just a delight to be down there and hear that. Uh, as we were leaving last, well, last Saturday, we were headed down to the cities. Early in the morning, probably around 7 a.m., we drove out to the end of our driveway and uh, and. Uh, stopped at the mailbox to leave a note for the mailman and and uh, looked up in an aspen tree right by the mailbox and there were seven grouse up there having breakfast. And I happen to know because that's one of the trees that I observe uh, as part of my nature's notebook phenology that it is a male. And so they were dining on the male buds, the flower buds, the male flower buds of the aspen and they were... All seven of them were busy eating when we drove up, so it was kind of interesting that way. The real surprise, and this bird came in uh, last Wednesday, was the first I saw it, and then I saw it again yesterday, and that was a red-winged blackbird. When it first landed on the feeder, I thought, wow, that's a starling, but as I looked at it, I could see that its beak wasn't yellow, which is the case for the starlings this time of year. Its feathers had that sort of whitish, light brown edge on them, which is sort of typical of uh, starlings this time of year. As their feathers begin to wear, they have this uh, odd color to them. The, the birds look more checkered than they do in the summertime when they've got their new uh, new new feathers. But... Uh, and, I, you know, so I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, boy, he, he just doesn't quite fit all the requirements of a starling. There's lots there that look starling, but not enough. And I studied him some more and then he flew off. And when he flew off, I could see the big red patch on his wing, a red-winged blackbird. Now, the red-winged blackbirds are not here this time of year. And I don't believe that this was an early migrant because this is... This is what the, this would have been the first I saw it was 15th of February. The 15th of March would be like the earliest I've ever seen migrating uh, red-winged blackbirds up here. This probably was a bird that spent the winter up here. And I think some of you have probably have experienced this as well. I've heard from a number of you over the years that uh, red-winged blackbirds sometimes stay in the Northland. And this guy has made now a couple of trips to my feeder so i'm assuming that he's he's uh you know found a found a food source that he can rely on 
and and is coming in for for some nourishment and he'll probably as long as there's food available he'll be fine 40 below zero isn't uh, isn't death for a for a bird for the most part if they have food they can stay plenty warm so uh, i was i was really surprised and delighted to see the red wing blackbird but truthfully uh the 25th of march is the average return date for the red wing blackbirds for me and they are generally in the company of the robins so it's usually the red wing blackbirds and the robins are within a day of each other it's uh, oftentimes it'll be a robin one day and a red wing blackbird the next sometimes it's the red wing blackbird and then the robin but either way they're they travel almost simultaneously into the northland the one note of uh spring that that occurs every year just about this time and i haven't seen it yet at my feeder or at my house but uh, i expect that uh, anytime probably by the time we talk again next week uh, the bald eagles will have returned to the nest and they have been coming in and out kind of hit or miss and you may recall a week ago we talked a little bit about an activity with uh, one bald eagle an adult and an immature at the nest in front of my house but looking back over my notes in the past uh a year ago it was the 28th of february that i saw the first uh, bald eagle um in uh 20 in 2020 it was on the 23rd of february uh, in 2019, it was on the 19th of February. In 2018, again on the 19th. In 17, it was on the 9th of February. So you can see it kind of bounces around uh, 12th in 2005, the 28th and 88, the 26th and 06, the 17th and 10, the 27th and 2000, Valentine's Day in 2001. In 2002 and three, it was the 22nd of February. And usually the notes that accompany these notes about the bald eagles returning to the nest include either carrying sticks to the nest or bringing grasses to the nest. So they, late in February, they return to the nest and they start to refurbish it. Bring in some new sticks. You know, there's always a new feeling of feng shui at the house, and you've got to change this and and do that. Uh, I over the years, I've watched the eagles in this process, and it's it's always entertaining. They'll go out in the bog somewhere and snap a branch off of an old tamarack or something. They'll bring it up to the nest, and and usually there's one on the nest and one bringing the sticks. And the one on the nest is sort of like, nah, I don't know where you got this old couch, but it's not staying. And they'll throw it over the side. If you've ever walked under a bald eagle's nest, the ground under there is just littered with branches that either fell out of the nest or were rejected by one of the pair of eagles that lives there. So it's, it's pretty humorous. But they, are, they will be coming back to the nest very soon. And one of the sure signs that they're getting ready to nest is they start bringing grass to the nest. Now, you look outside in northern Minnesota today and you're thinking, where are they going to get grass? Well, 
in the past, they have ripped it out of these big round bales out in the middle of the fields. They have torn it up from muskrat houses. Uh, they'll find vegetation where they can, and they will bring it back to the nest and start lining the bowl where they're going to lay their eggs. Because typically, it's about the end of the first week in March. I think it's March 8th is, is my average for the nests that I can observe. It, it, that is the average date. March 8th is the, the first date that, that the female begins to lay eggs and sit on them. And, of course, you know from listening that, uh, that the eagles lay their eggs sequentially. It takes a day or two for her to produce an egg. So she lays an egg and she starts brooding. And two days later, she lays a second egg and she broods the two of them. And she might lay a third egg and brood all three of them. And because they're sequential, one of those eagles is going to be two days older than the next and four days older than the third, perhaps. And that advantage, because they grow so quickly, that advantage, that two-day advantage is enough so that that oldest baby is going to get fed first. When mom and dad show up at the nest with a mouthful of food, the biggest baby is going to get up and get fed. And if they have lots of food, the second baby will get fed, and then the third baby. If they can't bring enough food to the nest, the first baby is going to get fed, the second baby may get fed, and the third baby is going to starve. And sometimes it's the first and second babies that's that are the first baby that survives, and the second and third babies die. I have found under the nest uh, a whole array of feathers that were plucked from a juvenile bald eagle that had been eaten by its nestmate. And it's a cruel kind of a note, but that's what eagles do. And in that way, they ensure that at least one of the babies will survive. If the parents are have any ability to bring food to the nest at all, at least one will survive. Now, you may recall last winter, or last spring, uh, it was a pretty savage April, and we had no reproduction out of our nest last year. There were no babies, and it was, uh, as I said, it was a savage month. If you were a bald eagle and you were sitting on eggs, there were days when it snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed and days when it got cold as the dickens and those poor little uh baby eaglets never had a chance i think that i don't even think that the eggs hatched um mom sat there until uh from from march i think it was the 8th last year from march 8th until until early april when they should have hatched and nothing and then uh, the two of them flew off one day and I knew that was it that there was no reproduction from the nest that year so spring weather has a lot to do with success as well as that sequential nesting or, or egg laying so uh, if you have an eagle's nest that you drive by on the way to work or maybe you're fortunate enough to have one that's visible from your house keep an eye on it and watch to see when the eagles return because it's going to happen in the next week or so, I have multiple observations of eagles returning to the nest as a sort of a winter, I mean, the end of winter. Uh, so it's going to be, um, you know, it's the time of year when when they're going to start establishing, reestablishing their nest. And uh, you may want to 
check it out and see if you can't spot an eagle at your place. Got a note from uh, Gus who said, uh, on the 19th, two tundra swans flew low overhead 11 days earlier than I observed last year. Where could there be open water? Keep the shovel out. It's, it's uh, what is it? Or there's another, more coming. Yeah, <laughs> more coming. Yes. Um, so yeah, tundra swans. They find there's open water here on the Mississippi, uh, the Gull River, uh, any place where there's a, a, a the least bit of water moving. There's probably open water, and that's where the tundra swans or trumpeter swans are, and they are probably. Uh, Looking, checking, and moving north as the as the as the uh, weather improves. So, keep an eye out for the trumpeter swans as well. I uh, typically the tundra swans come through really early, just as the as the ice is beginning to to come out of the lakes, and they come through in flocks. So you seldom see like two tundra swans. You'd see thirty tundra swans. Uh, but the trumpeter swans that are native to this area, now native, they've been introduced in 1983, uh, they tend, you can see two or three or five of them sort of moving around looking for open water, and there's always a bunch of them. Uh, when we go down 65, there's some open water right by Cambridge that has swans on it all the time, so... You know, I don't know where the open water is, but they will find it. They have the advantage of being up there and looking down from above. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to say. If, uh, oh, boy, I, you know, I bet uh, Gus further mentions that he's in Otenagan Township, which is north of Deer River, and the birds were flying to the southeast. I would think that they might be headed for... Uh, for Deer River and and for the open water that might be found there. That's the Phenology Show for this week. Tune in again next week and we'll tell you about the eagles that came back to our nest and maybe you'll tell us about the ones that came back to yours. Mm-hmm.